The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ed Salmon was a priest and bishop of the Episcopal Church for many years. He was faithful, charismatic, and really funny. After retiring as Bishop of South Carolina, he served as Dean of Neshota House Theological Seminary for several years. He was Dean in 2013 when I happened to stay at the seminary for a month during sabbatical. While I was there that summer, there was some kind of clergy conference or gathering that took place, and there were lots of priests and bishops from around the church who had, who had gathered for this event, several of whom were friends of mine. Bishop Salmon was holding a fancy reception at the dean's residence one evening for all of his guests. And one of my friends said, you should go. I said, I wasn't invited. He said, don't worry about it. You should go. I was actually staying in a house directly across the street from the party. And truth be told, I really did want to go. But I didn't have any nice clothes to wear. When I told my friend that, he said, who cares? Just swing by. And it was true, I really didn't have any nice clothes. No cassock, no collar, no black suit. I packed very light for my sabbatical and went to Wisconsin in the summer with a bunch of board shorts, t-shirts, and, and a pair of flip-flops. Reluctantly, I did my best to, I think I tucked in my shirt into my board shorts, and I went over to the reception that evening hoping I could slip in without making too much of a scene. I walked in the front door and there was Bishop Salmon sitting in for all intents and purposes was a throne it was probably just a chair in the, in the living room but it felt like a throne to me right there right by the door and i may have even dropped down on one knee I and mean, that's how i felt like what i felt like i should do anyway bishop salmon i said i i hope it's okay that i drop by uh, father nelson thought it would be okay for me to come by through my friend under the bus uh please forgive me i really didn't bring anything nice to wear and with all of his southern warmth and charm, Bishop Salmon, with a great big smile, replied, Father Stambaugh, it's so nice to see you. Welcome. Please, feel free, come on in, go on back there and defend yourself. I tell that story so I can tell this one. Later that year, in the fall of 2013, Bishop Salmon came out here to Carlsbad, where he preached for the occasion of my installation as rector here at St. Michael's. He probably wanted to preach because he was so impressed by my courage and bravery that night. No, that's not true. I, I invited him and was grateful that he was here. And in his sermon on that occasion, he shared a story of when he served, also in his retirement as bishop, he served at a little parish in Washington, D.C. And he was in a coffee shop one day dressed in his full bishop gear, purple shirt, ring, big cross with the dangling chain. He was standing in line to get a cup of coffee when a couple of young professionals came up and engaged him in conversation. And they kind of started going in on him, giving him the business about, oh, really, how can you believe all that stuff about God and all that stuff about sin? To which Bishop Salmon replied, as only he could, you mean to tell me that you live and work in Washington, D.C., and you don't believe in sin? 
We don't have to strain too hard for examples of sin, not just in Washington, D.C., but in the whole world and in our own lives. There seems an unending list to choose from, the brokenness in the world. There's so much that's wrong in the world. But at the top of the list of problems, there is the quintessential problem, the problem of all problems, what the theological title of which is the problem of evil. The problem in the problem of evil is actually not evil itself, per se. Most people agree that evil is real and it's a problem. The problem in the problem of evil is how it is that God figures into the equation. That's the real problem. How can God and evil both be real? If God is real and if God is good, how is it that he could allow such evil to enter into his creation throughout the whole of human history? This is the crux of the problem of evil. And for many people, evil seems so much more real and even powerful than God. Evil seems to overshadow even the existence of God, such that God seems to vanish in the shadows of evil. And this is the problem that drives many thoughtful, perplexed, and hurting people away from God. It seems reasonable that something must give, and given the overwhelming existence of evil, it is often God who is either rejected or denied. But in truth, both God and evil are real. Why this is so, why God allows evil into his creation, remains a mystery. But this mystery does not change the reality of who God is and what he has done for us. This season of Easter is the celebration that it is in fact not evil, which overwhelms the existence of God, but it is God who has overwhelmed the forces of evil and triumphs over them decisively, definitively, and victoriously through the resurrection of our Lord. God is not the cause of evil, suffering, and death. The work of God in Christ reveals the powerful truth that God loves us so much that he will stop at nothing to save us from the power of evil, suffering, and death. God is real. God does exist. And he has revealed himself fully to us. He has turned on the lights and appeared before us as he truly is in the person of his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The one who says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Jesus is the proof the revelation, not only that God exists, but of just how good God is. God is like a shepherd who cares for his flock, feeding them, guarding them, and guiding them. Jesus says in John's Gospel, I am the good shepherd. It's St. Augustine who points out, he says good shepherd because there are those out there, shepherds that exist, that are not good. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He calls each one of us by name and goes before us to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. This is how good God is. Many have viewed Jesus as irrelevant in comparison to the overwhelming evil in the world. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It is the evil in the world which reveals to us just how good God is. 
He has come to us and dwelt among us and died on the cross and rose again to save us from this evil. The only thing that stands between us and the salvation offered to us by the Good Shepherd is our choice to follow him. Does the problem of evil feel stronger than the goodness of God in Christ and his unquenchable love? If so, perhaps we're spending more time focusing on the problem of evil than we are following the Good Shepherd. And it's not hard to do. It reminds me of Peter sinking on the waves. It's very easy to become distracted and overwhelmed by the storms around us. They take our focus and intention away from God. But it takes focus, intention, faith, and God's abundant grace to help our eyes and the eyes of our hearts stay fixed on the Lord. We take our eyes off of Jesus, and like Peter, we too will begin to sink. The Good Shepherd does not kick us from behind, our Gospel tells us today, but he leads us from out in front which means that it forever remains our choice whether or not to follow where he leads. We could drift behind, choose another trail, stop in our tracks, or turn around altogether. Every day is a new opportunity for us to follow the Good Shepherd. God is not the cause of evil, nor has he ignored the problem of evil. He has destroyed it. And we live in the midst of its unfolding destruction through the victory won for us through our risen Lord. The choice that lies before us each day, then, is simply, will we choose to follow him? When we follow Christ, the Good Shepherd, we are promised that we will never be in want. That he makes us lie down in green pastures. That he leads us beside the still waters. That he revives our souls that he guides us along the right pathways of this life, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of the problem of evil, even though we may walk right through the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil, ever. Why? Because he is with us, up ahead, leading the way, his rod and his staff providing the comfort of protection. Even in the very presence of evil, those people and events that trouble us the most, the psalmist tells us that he spreads a table before us, a foreshadowing of the Eucharistic feast, and anoints us with oil, and our cups will run over. Surely his goodness and mercy are with us always. He is the guardian of our souls. The good shepherd who has laid down his life for us, his sheep, so that we might have life and have it abundantly. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.